From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Thank you, Jay. Uh, thank you. And hello, everyone. I'm Adam. You know me as the Dice Abide. I'm John, also known as Wise Kansai. And tonight we're joined by Jake, a.k.a. Welder. Ah. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Welder. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Here to talk about some some Obsidian protocols, aka yeah. the stack of boxes that will be taller than John. That's that's honestly frightening. Eventually, eventually, <laughs> eventually, honestly. I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, uh, Jake, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a pecan pie stout from Martin House, in Texas. Ooh, that sounds lovely. I love pecan pie. It's really good. Easily. How about you, John? I'm having a Negroni. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with something uh, light this weekend and had a double plus uh, Caucasian. So here we are. Nice. What's what's in a Caucasian? No, just a white Russian. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, sir. <laughs> with extra everything. Got it. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Well, it's going to be a good night. All right, John, why don't you uh, take it away with the news? All right. So just a quick reminder, uh, up until the end of the year, if you're going somewhere for, for the holidays, bring your models, play a game of reinforcements, let us know how it went. And sometime in the new year, I might just send you some free, middle, uh, free minis, courtesy of Shiv Games. So that's the thing you can do. If you are staying home, or if you want to be adventurous and bring your paints, um, you can paint up any S4 remote from Infinity and send it off to the oh. Primate Academy. All the details are there, all the rules and whatnot, uh, and get entered to win fabulous prizes. And Adam and I will uh, talk about your paint jobs on the internet. And and uh, Adam will give you useful feedback, and I'll just nod and be there. <laughs> um, if your army doesn't have S4 remotes, paint up something S4. If that still doesn't work for you, then do an S3 remote, and you should be good to go. I'll talk about your colors. Yes, he will. That is an absolutely true statement. Um, we've also got some news from June Pod Nine. Yeah, so the uh, the Achilles infantry, I think that's how you say it, are finally out. So these are rad universal infantry available to um, all of the Terra Nova factions. Um, get them; they're three D printed, so they hold the detail really nicely. Looking forward to getting my hands on them. Oh, and it's the winter sale, so you'll get them for even cheaper than normal. Yeah. During that sale. Yeah, I think it's uh, two squads and a team comes with one of each of the uh, special weapon options. Yeah, and you're, of course, not required to put all of the models on there, so you can stretch the pack a little bit more. Yeah, you could probably get a, a squad and two teams out of there. It's probably what I would build. Yeah. So, Looking forward to it. Chonky infantry. What's not to like? Do the thing. Buy the stuff. They look like cool little mini gears. Yeah. Little mini I think I'm going to use them in my north. Seems reasonable. Mountaineering. Um, so good. Well, yeah, that's about it for for news. Very light news week. Yeah, at least there's more time to talk about our toys. toys it's coffee toys. time. All right, Jake. Seems like you've been busy at work building terrain. Printing, yeah, with the Legions Imperialis uh, release coming out this Saturday. I've been so this printing, is the new uh, Dragon's Rest City Tile set. Yeah. And that's 3D printed. It is. 
on our Thankfully, app, yeah. uh, my last print ended about an hour ago, or else there probably been a lot more back no background noise. But uh, yeah, those tiles, they're about uh, six inch by six inch tiles. Oh, wow. Very similar to the ones that uh, GW was selling, but they also added this, uh, the river or the waterway features that you can see That's really on there. Oh, uh, like the things with the... The little bridge. Yeah, yeah, on the left there. Yeah, if you go to their site, they've got like a, it looks better when it's painted, but I haven't gotten there yet. I got a little bit more printing to do. That's only about a three by three right there. Wow. And sorry, is that FDM or? Uh, FDM, yeah. Okay. Just PLA. Yeah. That's it's really cool. Decent quality. It'll work. You could probably totally double that and do uh 28 millimeter scale. Well, there's the there you go yeah here's what the waterways look like pretty neat that's, really that's cool. super cool just like yeah it could probably double for heavy gear blitz too though mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure a bit a bit gothic but you know that's probably a bit i mean that's just the the streets i don't have to use this the buildings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very cool and then, oops and then you've been doing some uh and then Fire paint some well. uh, Aeronautica Imperialis models. God, there's so much fun. For uh, same game. Those great kits. Are, Are you using these? Sorry, good. I was, uh, I sold I sold my my copy of the game, but I did keep all my Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately cannot be used in there. The new game. And the the Legions Imperialis. Wrong yeah. era since they went 30k. I mean that's totally fine. I I just love the Valkyrie. So I'm happy. I mean once the game comes out, I'm sure there's going to be I mean, there's already I've already seen a Tyranid book that someone's come out with rules or not oh, Tyranid. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Tyranid. So are you using this for Aeronautica or are you using this for No, this is I, I don't have the rules for Aeronautica. This is purely just for my uh, Solar Auxilia army for Legion of Imperialis. Very cool. That scale is so much fun to paint. The details on them are fantastic. Say what you will about GW prices, but yeah, I mean, vehicle yeah, kits even at this size are fantastic. They're, 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 I don't think anybody anybody really has anything bad to say about modern GW plastics. They're really really nice. Lots of yeah. detail. All right, Adam, what have you been up to? Um, so speaking of of building little hands, uh, so I I not a whole lot with the holiday, but I did able I was able to build a couple heavy gear models. So the top there, I've got a um, a black bear and a havoc bear, which are two variants of the extended content. Did a scratch built medium rapid fire bazooka with a black bear on the left, um, and then also and whipped also up a pair of the Baxters, which are the recovery vehicles. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think they're fantastic, but I have two of every other tank, so I wanted to have two of those tanks as well. Yes, uh, you and then also. Right, and then also built a, a pair of new uh, Curiouser variants, or Crossier variants, there we go. Mm -hmm. um, one of them with a LPA, which is super hot. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the only gear of that class in the game now with the LPA. Isn't there a warrior? There's, there's, that, there's no warrior with a particle. There's warrior with a rotary laser. Huh, okay, maybe I'm just crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's ton, there's like tons of other stuff, Shinobi with LPAs and yeah, but nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing of the the Armor Seven, uh, Gunnery Piloting Three Up Agile mm -hmm. class with an LPA. And then the other variant is just two ridiculously 
funny to not make. It's uh, using the same rocket pack as the Lanciers use. Um, so they can have a handheld medium rocket pack or a handheld uh, MAPR. Right. In addition to their regular rocket pack. So it's just lots of rockets. All the inventory on fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so, rad. yeah, just whipping up a couple gears. Uh, I didn't build anything because I've been working late and uh, traveling, but I did outsource my hobby to uh, <laughs> Nepro, and they uh, made this lovely Universal Warcore Union patch. Yep, I need one of those. Yep, there's a, there's a whole pile behind me. And uh, for those of you who want one, I will be um, I'll be uh, working with probably Mindtaker to uh, sell them on consignment so you can just get your patch until they run out and i have to physically drive over there to drop them off so that's the thing <laughs> i'm gonna Oof. try to do this weekend we'll see how that goes um but my hope is to get these patches into folks hands as soon as possible because they're pre rad and i was pretty excited i think it's i think it's the first patch that i i mean like the the idea wasn't mine um it was uh by lieutenant cuddles from the uh, uh the, the recent campaign but he used some art that we didn't have ownership of so uh, okay. i regenerated everything from scratch um keeping the same general like design ideas um and yeah i think it turned out really well like my first like patch that i've designed and got from like you know base design all the way to printed so i'm pretty pretty proud of it and uh, well done john thanks I'm, I'm i'm coming for your job i know right please do <laughs> <laughs> That's it for hobby, though. All right, now we can talk a bit about our games. I'm a gaming girl. All right. Jake, what have you been playing? Or is that <laughs> actually your kid? Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I haven't been playing much. I managed to get a game in of uh, Ember Obsidian Protocol on TTS with uh, the Huang Long, one of the main, main other testers for the game. We did that... Uh, so last weekend, yeah, tried out some of the new uh, rule changes they made. Very cool. That's about it. Otherwise, I haven't really been getting much gaming in. Any any big takeaways from that game in terms of the new from that one? Yeah. Um, I'm torn on the UN Zion cannon. It's like this stupidly long range. Uh sniper rifle essentially but uh as you can see from that board it can be really easy to just stay out of line of sight yep and unfortunately with that gun you can't move and shoot it mm. so it makes it really awkward to use this is different than the sniper rifle that i faced against frank this is a new thing i think that might have been the r33 that you played against frank so yeah that one can move and shoot at least this yeah, one yeah, can't move and shoot around. So I don't even think I got a shot off with it till the third turn. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Because like there's a you can throw smoke in the game. Mm -hmm. So I had an avenue, but then he threw some. He can throw smoke before he can shoot with a gun. So. Gotcha. So I think my biggest takeaway was uh. I'm not sure I like that gun anymore, and I may not bring it too much. It may have its uses, but I don't think it works for me. Fair enough. Probably need some. And then I like some of the changes they made to the rules. Well, we'll talk all about that soon. Adam, did you get any any games in? 
I I didn't. I played a couple card games with the kids, but it was a pretty busy uh, last couple weeks. Nice. Well, holiday, but card games with the kids are always good. I look forward to when I get to do that. Uh, but speaking of seeking kids, I did play a game against a, a much older kid. Uh, maturity notwithstanding. <laughs> Uh, Frank was asking for a practice game of um, Frontline in preparation for Beantown Brawl, which I believe is this coming weekend, maybe? Um, but anyway, yeah, if you're going to that, good luck. Uh, but yeah, he's playing Deshot, uh, and I'm playing... I, I you know, I just have been on a Vanilla Nomad's kick since the since the campaign. Um, and so, you know, I faced off against uh, a Maggie list he was tuning. Um, and uh, I'll just quickly go through my lists. Uh, and his list. So my list is Kusunagi Lieutenant, uh, Jazz and Billy, because why not? Uh, Stigmaton or Stigmata Tag, Lemieux, uh, Nauf, Samsa with Plasma Rifle, the camo version of the Moran, not the repeater version, um, a Heckler Red Fury, a Liberto, um, and uh Tomcat, because those are the things that I did. Um, but Frank's Frank's list is Gulam Lieutenant, Gulam Hacker, Valeria, um, a uh, Evo Bot. I think he's trying to cover Last Launch. If you haven't played Last Launch, uh, take two Evo Bots. You'll be very happy. Um, Fiddler, he loves Fiddler and uh, Nazmat for her. A Liberto, um, pretending to be the Mine Layer one with a Hunza Gut to pretend to be the Mine. Uh, Maggie, a Coom, and a Bashi. And then group two is... Two Fanis, a Shahab, a, a TR bot, another Kuhn, and another Liberto. This one with the full, you know, mind layer stuff. Um, it turns out that because he fainted uh, the Liberto and the Hunzakut, um, if and if I didn't notice the Nazmat, if you aren't paying attention, it looks like this list, which fits Saito, which was forcing me to play mm. around Saito like the whole game until he revealed the Hunzakut, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so that took me for that took me. Uh, by surprise for sure. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, like it 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 matches exactly right. If you delete, if you swap in Saito, you delete those three things. And it like fits perfectly. Um, and so it was like, and and we were playing on TTS. So I was just like, as he was going through his deployment to save myself the brain cells later, I was like building the list so I'd have it for the battle report, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, there's stuff missing here. What is thirty six? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So that's that was the, how that worked out, um, but I'll, I'll of course write this up and everybody will get to see it. Uh, in Looking forward to it. I love Magariba. Yes, uh, I have bad news for you about the fate of his Magariba, but uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun to play this game, uh, and I have I have thoughts about um, the shot. I'm I'm going to be playing pretty much all vanilla factions this season, um, but it does mean I I can't play sectorials that I like to play. Like Merovingia, for example. Um, so, so one of the things that uh, I am thinking about doing is playing like Vanilla Deshot with no links, things like that. Sounds like oh. a crazy weird thing to do, but that allows you to fit, you know, Gulong in there and Zencha, um, Saito, right, and then have the orders to power them. So, something to think about. So you're just playing a, a no link, uh, twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think that's probably the the way to think about it. Just like no links, because that will let me play whatever I want. I'm gonna play mostly vanilla factions, and then like stuff that I want to try or people 
uh, say are bad, I will have to play <laughs> without links. <laughs> you, somebody said something's bad. You have been summoned. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it for for games. I think. Well, right on. So uh, before we get to our shift games sponsorship, we've got a couple of media recommendations here. Yeah. So uh, because I've been tra- I traveled to visit the in-laws over um, Thanksgiving, I you know managed to get a bunch of uh, audiobook time on like the plane mm-hmm. and stuff as you were wrestling with kids. Um, so I finished Stephanie Kelton's The Deficit Myth, which is a good read if the economy doesn't make any sense to you. Um, I was like, money doesn't obey the law of conservation of mass. How does that work? Uh, and I think uh, Professor Kelton actually sort of explains it in a way that made sense to me. Um, and so this is this like the deficit myth is referring to like the budget deficit in the U.S. Um, and the mm-hmm. implications of that. Uh, but it 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 kind of makes sense, and she makes some you know uh, progressive points, which are you know politically I agree with. But uh, I I still don't fully understand the theory um but it's, it's definitely targeted towards uh you know sort of dispelling the deficit myth and, and all that kind of stuff the, the basic premise is um you know uh we can just print money because we're we have, we have sovereign control over the currency we just print it whenever we want um and so like there's no such thing as a deficit because you can just make more money and the real uh feedback loop that makes it impossible to print infinity dollars is, uh, is, you know, inflation. And so, um, there are other, other things that we should look at, um, like actual physical real world resources, um, like manpower, you know, raw material, that kind of thing, uh, manufacturing capacity, that kind of stuff that, uh, that makes more sense to, you know, maneuver around in the economy with as opposed to some arbitrary number that goes up or down so that's the thing oh. yeah uh, and then the other the other book that i'm currently working on uh is this thing called undelivered uh which is by a speechwriter uh who's like been a speechwriter for their entire career lots of you know famous people you would recognize uh they've written speeches for um and this is sort of the uh, speeches that never get delivered, right? So, for example, like a great example is the campaign speeches, where uh, like if you win, you don't give the concession speech; if you lose, you don't give the win speech, right? Um, but then also oh, sure, it, sure. It, it like lumps in uh, things like um, Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, what if instead of doing the naval blockade, JFK decided to bomb the crap out of Cuba, right? What would that have looked like? What would the speech to the American nation? have looked like after that um and and this he goes it's not like a it's not just a voice actor you know giving the speech it's a lot of historical context um and a lot of like inside baseball on what being a speechwriter is like and i find that very interesting so but like it's it's not a collection of speeches you will not get that you'll get little snippets um but you'll get a lot of context around it which i think is uh more interesting so yeah, it's been I I picked it up on a on a random you know I have an audible credit might as well kind of situation and I've been pretty pleased with it so far. Well, yeah, what about you, Adam? Anything to recommend? Um, I no, it's been busy. Uh, I, I've been 
I've been going back playing like old PS2 games. So like so far, I'm enjoying Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets a little little dated. Uh, <laughs> sure. So, yeah, no, it's been uh, no games, no no PS2? TV. I guess that was PS2, huh? Yeah. Same thing with like Kingdom Hearts. There were a lot of good JRPGs on there. That doesn't make me feel young at all. It was too. Yeah. God damn. Ah, that was when I was in college. <laughs> right in the field. Right. right. One million years old. That's that's like the thing. That I've been like going back and playing like 3DS games. I'm like, these games are 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the first Final Fantasy game for PS2. There we go. Yeah. Remember that? It's depressing. That was that was that was forever ago. Correcting other old people. (laughs) Okay, and then Jake. I mean, yeah, PS PS three like PS two had a long life, and PS three came out in two thousand six. So that'll make you feel old. Yeah. Yeah. John had all (laughs) the like serious things he's reading. Yeah, I need to go take some ibuprofen for my back. I'll be right back. I just got some uh, Izakaya trash to recommend. I mean, it's a good title cleanser for sure. After what I've been reading, there's been there's some audio books that I finished that I didn't recommend because they are not fun. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're I feel like necessary reading for this day and age. So this is my recommendation: Eminence and Shadow. There's a the manga for it, or they've actually got the anime on the second season of it now. It's uh, Izakai, which is a very overdone trope right now, but uh, it's kind of different because. He doesn't want to stand out. He so he basically just acts kind of like a a nobody, but he's like stupidly overpowered, mm-hmm. and he gets killed by Truck Coon and sent to another world, and starts being overpowered there, trying to be like the the normal guy, and then everything just kind of starts happening. He randomly rescues these women from a disease and makes up the name for some evil cult that he's like fake fighting against. It turns out the cult's real. Oh boy. And he just thinks that all these uh girls are uh acting to help him out and like, oh they're just acting along, going along with me to help me feel better, but they're actually fighting a war against the uh this cult and he doesn't actually realize it's real. Mm, interesting. But it's uh hilarious. Nice. So you recommend And the anime's got some really good animation on it too. So if you if you were going to get into it now, would you recommend trying to find the manga or go straight to the anime? I would just go to the anime for now. Yeah, I mean it was it's really well done anime, so you might as well just watch that. It's yeah, pretty sense. true to the manga. It's on it's on Crunchyroll or Netflix or. Um, what did I see it on? I don't think it's on those. You probably have to go to some uh, less than reputable site. It's on AnnieWatch.to. Oh, there you go. And I watch.to. Got it. All right. Well, make sure to uh, have a up-to-date copy of Windows Defender and then head, head, <laughs> on, head right. on over. And with that, I think that's that's our recommendations. Well, cool. All right. It is that time for our Shiv Game sponsorship. Shiv, Shiv. So every week, Shiv Games gives one of our lucky listeners uh, kind of a random prize. And this week, <laughs> Uh, following in in traditional style, the prize is a box of Chaos Space Marine Raptors. Um, so, uh, actually, when I played uh, when I played 40k, I bought a lot of these Raptors, mostly to use as bits. 
they have a lot of really good fantastic bits in there um so all you do or all you need for your chance to win is to enter the uh the secret word that jake has prepared into our chat jake what is the secret word you put a lot of planning and thought into Ooh, narwhal narwhal all right guys type narwhal into the chat for your chance to win Whew, that was a lot of words um yeah, and I don't think it's a yeah. random. I don't think it's a random thing that Jeff chooses. I think it's intentionally contrarian. You think so? Yeah. It, it's Jeff. That's like it, his whole shtick. It, 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 it for, fair. That is his shtick. Um, yeah, it's it's I don't know, but they were fantastic bits. They also I think it has all the uh, the lightning claw bits in it for the warp talons, if I remember the like digging way deep into the memories. Um <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's <laughs> he's he's a, a, a fun guy. Um a, yeah, so check out his web yeah, check out his website, uh shiv.games. Um that has a link to his eBay. Funny thing, he didn't have a website and he wasn't going to have one until I registered his URL. I was like, excellent. You don't own Shiv Games? Like, I'll own Shiv Games. <laughs> and then I'll publish propaganda. How much you sell it to him for? Right. Yeah, no, so then I then I use, uh, I put in randomly, gener- I use uh, chat GPT to randomly generate articles for me, uh, lower down the page, <laughs> um, just to, like, put random content on it. So, um, yeah, the AI thought of the day. <laughs> pretty good i also so. like the the future marquee oh yeah yeah yeah. as soon as i thought there was a marquee allowed in there i'm like i had to do that and like then you, you can, can see you get it to animate along a path too yep oh my gosh and we're right on all right john we'll go ahead and uh push that button hey congratulations to dan all right, congratulations, Dan, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Shiv Games, for your support. All right. It's time for our main feature. Tom, what's this game you're trying to get me to buy? Well, it is uh, Obsidian Protocol, also known as Ember, I believe. Um, I think Ember is the overall name for it. Obsidian Protocol is this season's name of it. I think the next season they're putting out for it has a name I can't tell you off the top of my head. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking forward to it and getting another enormous pile of minis. That's not gonna. Thankfully, it comes in waves. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm done. I'm finally done. Oh no. But yeah. So so what is what is what is Obsidian Protocol? I guess like what what is the what is the quick you know thirty second spiel here. Are you second spiel? It's uh, three corporations currently um, that are basically fighting with each other to compete for alien relics that were found in the deep in the moon, like in caverns in the moon that they found. They found these alien relics, so they're fighting over it. Oh, interesting. It's a quick thing. Okay. It's a so it's so it's small it's- tactile game about anywhere from two to five mechs with little drone support. On a grid, currently it's a grid-based map, and they are going to work on rules for actual regular inches or centimeters or whatever without using a grid. Oh, that'll be cool. Okay. 
I mean, I feel like the grid makes it quite fast, and I, I do I do enjoy. Uh, it. No, I I kind of like the grid. It's uh refreshing. It's it makes it quick. Mm-hmm. Certainly yeah. makes it a lot easier on TTS. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I mean, it's it's a it's not a a light on hobby game. Uh, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. But basically, like you assemble mechs out of parts. So there's just a lot of stuff to have. And and the actual I think if you went all in on the original Kickstarter, you're in a, a pile of boxes that is probably gonna be taller than you. <laughs> so that's a thing you have to look forward to. Um Right. So every every one of the mechs comes with like a a, a huge variety of interchangeable arms. So yeah. that's uh there is no actual just mech. Okay. The faction comes with I don't know, roughly five to eight different torsos, three to four different legs, um, and different set. Like right, right arms are going to be the primary weapon. Left arms more of a secondary weapon, mm-hmm. and they'll probably be like, I don't know, ten, twelve different uh, arms for each arm. Yeah, I mean, and oh, then wow. a backpack. So, so basically, when you build, when you build. Uh your list you're not buying mechs you're buying mech parts and the parts you buy have to presumably assemble legal mechs right you can't have like three left arms on a mech for example right um, but you can the minimum requirement is a torso a leg and an arm yeah so like one arm illegal mech one arm. you got a little zombie mech just one armed i was gonna say it sounds like an urban like an irby yeah, yeah, exactly right. I just have the issue too. It's fine, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, so like you can you can you can uh, do like a swarm kind of play style if you end up doing that, which is one way to do it. Um, yeah. So apparently, it's one of the ways the Chinese meta plays it, which kind of they like to spam out. cheap mix. Right. I mean, like it makes sense, I guess, but also uh, seems kind of counter to the what I want out of the game, but that, maybe that's just because I'm not playing in that meta. I think it's counter to how they uh, wanted to design the game, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is a way to play it. It is, a, it is a way to play it for sure. It comes with its own drawbacks, though, because once a mech has uh, fewer than three parts, it dies. Yes, so it's easy. To so if you only build a mech with three parts, it just takes blow off that one arm, and it's it's going to disappear at the end of the round. Yeah, and I think. Um, one of the really appealing things to me about the game is uh, how much like armored core it feels. So if you're chilling on our um, on our uh, Dice Abide uh, Discord server, the Obsidian Protocol channel is also the armored core channel, <laughs> like unofficially. So people have been posting like videos of their playthroughs of Armored Core Six, because uh, it, it's correct. <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the so like yeah, the other thing is is when you think about like say a game like D and D and you talk about what a round is, um, it's like six seconds of real time, right? That's sort of the the abstraction, mm-hmm. um, and basically that's the same general idea as uh, as Obsidian Protocol. Like each turn is like a few seconds, so uh, the actual entire game, you know, were it to play out in real time 
uh, would be like a like a lightning fast, you know, minute of crazy mech combat with like lasers and railguns going off and like a bunch of mechs exploding, and then one corporation emerging victorious with like whatever lunar relic they want to have. So, uh, and it feels like that. So I think they've definitely captured it really well. Uh, it plays a little bit more like I would say. Um, like it's it's definitely a miniatures game, but because of the grid, it has a little uh, uh, a board game feel, which is nice. Um, yeah, it sits on it sits on a nice little spot. I think I think you you won't get the benefit of of uh, you know it being a skirmish game. Like the model count is generally pretty low, uh, but there's just so much hobby that you know you're not really getting away from having a giant pile of plastic. Uh, but that's you know, why we're in this hobby, right? Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like, I mean, you, you might only have three, like, it seems like legs are the the limiting factor um, mm -hmm. for the number of mechs you're going to have in a box. But it still seems like a lot of stuff to build and paint. <laughs> yes. For, for better or worse. It is a fair amount. Do you, do you have the picture of, like, everything that's in that pledge? Yeah, I think I do. Let me scroll. So this is well, the... I mean, they they did one recently, like all of all the three D renders of like everything that oh, they changed. I don't, I don't since... think I've, I don't think I have that. I'm just looking at their uh, their Kickstarter page, which is already pretty freaking rad. Like all these all these Macs just look so cool. There's so much fun stuff in here, and I'm really excited to play it once it comes. Oh, here we go. Yeah, if you drop it in like yeah. Discord or something, I can show. Yeah, you. I'll drop it in. Gonna be a really big picture. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much. There you go. So much stuff. I dropped it in apparently in the middle of one of your things. Uh, where did it go? Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, there you go. There's the there's the all the things. That's the all in. Yeah. So it's holy it's a cow. Lot. I don't know if you can zoom in, but yeah, it's uh. I can. So each one of the square things is gonna be one of the legs. Yep. And then that's the three different factions. So. The first, uh, it's going to be delivered in factions. First batch, they said, supposed to come out this. They're hoping to start shipping before Christmas. It looks like it's going to come with nine different pairs of legs. Third quantity of torsos to go with it. And the, all the weapons. Yeah. And the middle one will be UN. Uh, we're currently mostly finished playtesting them i think they're supposed to come out with the uh the rightmost faction the goth the guardians of freedom which are going to be the uh the drone faction mm -hmm. the left faction is going to be the rdl the research development league they're more cheaper mechs so they can field more mechs than the other factions can UN's more high tech. They can they usually have like one fewer mech on a, in a game. Guardians of Freedom are going to have like maybe two to three mechs max, and they're going to be more into using a lot of their drones. And they've got some huge drones too. So yeah, that's those guys on the bottom right of the picture. Yeah. yeah. Excited. I'm excited to try them out. They look really fun with their like quadrupeds and stuff. Yeah. So it seems like you're it's it, you're really intended to buy your whole faction in one go as the box. 
You can. Um, I think it's, it's it's split up. You can even see it on there. It's split up into three different boxes per faction. Uh, there's the main box on the bottom, and then usually there's sort of like a a fast speed lighter recon style box, and then there's like a heavy I see. box. So like a vertical slice in here is a faction. Yeah, vertical slice is a faction. Then the horizontal slice, the bottom section is what you get in your basic your basic starter faction box. Right. I and see. then uh, at least for the left side, the RDL, the middle box is like the heavy, the heavy armored legs with some heavy weapons. And the top one is more like the, the quick legs with uh, more recon thing going for it. I see. OK. That makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to digest, but I think once we take a look at the, the actual game itself, Comes a lot more understandable. So why don't we why don't we hop on over to um, TTS now? Yeah. So this is actually uh, Jake's TTS module. So there's that. Um, but yeah, why don't we why don't we dive straight into to talking about say like the RDL mech that you've got set up here? So we we literally just um, you know. Jake was kind enough to put this together before the show, uh, and and basically what the plan for now is we're gonna go through, you know, uh, each mech, vaguely what it does, a little bit of like how the mechanics work, and then we'll do like a few, like a shooting attack, a melee attack, just so you can see how you resolve actions in the game. Um, but effectively, what you're looking at here is is a complete mech with all the slots filled, right? So the basic requirement would be you have to have a torso, you have to have legs. Those are the two guys on the left, right? So here's the torso, here you've got the legs, and then you've got to have uh, one of the two arms, right? So it's a left arm and a right arm, and you can also have a backpack if you want. The other thing is you also need a pilot, right? And the pilot gives you a special ability and also sets some of your uh, timing uh, things. Okay. So yeah. kind of like an initiative tracker? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. We'll go into how that works. Yeah. So um, First, uh, let's talk about the mech, I guess. Yeah, go um, for it. So this is kind of one of the cooler builds I liked when I first started playing the game. Um, uh, first of all, uh, there's three different types of legs. There's regular legs, there's the heavy armor legs, and there's swift legs. The special thing about the swift legs is uh, in the lower right shows their maneuver speed they're the only legs in the game currently that have a two maneuver so they're a little faster than most mechs and we'll go more into that when we talk about the actual game um if so uh these weapons are like you don't have to pair them together but they pair well because it's like a left and right arm of the two sabers um these little symbols Right here next to the name of the ability, there's like a, a black dot with a white dot. And then over here on sprint, there's like two black dots. And then we don't have a long action. Those are basically the length of an action. Um, so all this, the black dot and the white dot are short actions. So you could do two of those in a round. So the swords pair well together. You can get two big or decent melee attacks together. I'm having a hard time seeing. There's a white dot over the black dot on the slash. It's really hard to see. You kind of have to okay, see. No it's yeah. hard with the colors. I mean, okay. basically, like the way it works is every uh, every time you activate a mech, right, you get three actions, 
one is your maneuver, which is which. So like, there's basically there's supposed to be three. I don't know. I don't know if the UN. Uh, go to that card in your hand. The card in my hand. Ah, yeah, perfect. And you so, can uh, perfect. Yeah, there you go. So um, there's there's you basically get three actions. There's a long action which has the X there at the top, and basically that means you're not allowed to move because that top, you know, negative space is where your maneuver would take place. So basically, the structure of an activation is you maneuver first, then you expend actions. And if you expend a medium action, which is two dots, you're done with your activation. That's it. But if you spend a short action, you could do potentially two of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the long, the long action is kind of the exception because it, it, it hogs your, uh, your movement, your maneuver slot. Um, and so, so basically, going back here, right, um, this this mech is built to be able to do two melee attacks in one activation, right? Because each one of the slashes is uh, is only one act, is one is one short action. Um, but if you wanted to, you know, sprint, um, you would have to spend your entire turn doing that, right? Because you do your maneuver, which is free, but takes up that slot, and then you can see that here with this little X here, right? So that sort of reinforces the. Um, Iconography, iconography, right? And then uh, your medium action would be the sprint, and that takes up both both uh, action pips, I guess they say. One benefit to this mech build, though, is the fact that it's got the jetpack on it, so it's actually got a short action movement ability. Yeah, which is pretty neat. So it could use a maneuver, then jump, and then use one of its uh, swords if it wanted to. Um, super cool. Yeah. And then so, so you kind of build your, as you're building your mech, you're also building like the pool of actions available to the mech. Exactly. Yes. Basically, every one of these it's symbols a, is an action. The only thing that isn't is like this uh, CQC. A lot of the torsos have a passive on them. And that's what this gray symbol here is. Um, so basically, this mech may perform a melee short action as a starting action in any timing. Um, so, yeah, do we want to go to it now? There's different action types, as you can see by the colors. Um, they go in a certain order, as you'll see on the timing here. Yep. And on the card, if he wants to show it for the timing actions at the bottom, there's the, I think they might have changed the wording since then, but for the case of this, I think it's called swift timing for the first one, not fast anymore. There's swift, melee, projectile, shooting, move, and then tactics. That's the order everyone will take their actions in. So. So Designing maybe, a mech that has more actions available to it gives it more options on timing on when it can go. So, um, whoops, something I didn't mean to do. Um, so looking at the, the pilot card here, basically what's going on is, um, this is the pilot's name is Wu, uh, and effectively um, you, like in X-Wing, I guess, is, is, the, is the closest game to this in my mind, uh, you select one of the phases to activate in, right? So, you know, it's kind of hard to decode exactly what's going on here, but basically um, you would say like, okay, I'm, I'm choosing move as my, um, uh, as my, my action type, right? And so that's, that's locked in at the beginning of the turn. Uh, and then once everybody sort of decided what all they want all their mechs to do, they can, they can flip all of their, uh, their selected action dials, right? And then, you know, you see what's what's going to happen. Um, 
and then you just advance down the track, right? You see the little numbers there. Starts with Swift, aka fast, in this uh, old art, right? And then you go to melee, projectile, and so on. Um, and basically, if you had chosen to go in, say, the if you wanted to move, uh, you wouldn't go until the previous four action phases had gone, right? So basically, when in a real game, you'd say like, okay. Do you have any guys going at the swift action timing? No? Okay, mm -hmm. cool. We'll move on to melee. Anybody doing melee? Okay, I got a guy doing melee. Then you resolve that. Anybody doing projectile? And then so on and so forth. Then finally, if your guy's still alive, by the time you get to move, you get to do your thing. Um, one, so like one of the things that's interesting okay. about this is let's say you chose move. Um, you would have to choose the move action as your first action. Right? So uh, you you get you, you always get your um, you always get your uh, maneuver for free, um, unless you do a long skill, right? But you always get your maneuver for free, and then the first action you get a choice about has to be of the timing you chose, right? So if you chose okay. move, you'd either have to do sprint, or or jump, or one of the um, you know like in the rule book basic actions, which are kind of sad, and you generally don't want to do them, right? Uh, but you there's a menu of actions you can do um, that uh, aren't, aren't defined by the cards. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, and then the numbers on the actual pilot card are only to break ties. So if like multiple right. people chose the move timing, right. then yeah. whoever has the lowest number move timing. So in this case, Wu is a four. And on the other side, um, Quartz is a six. So if they both chose move timing, courts uh, Wu would go first, and then right. courts would go. That's all these numbers represent. Yep, that's that's it. Uh, and then if there's if for some reason you still tie, there's a alternating initiative um, mechanic. So like on the first turn, let's say RDL has initiative, they get to go first, even if the numbers match. Uh, and then on the subsequent turn, you'd flip that you know little token over, and then you end the situation. Um, so yeah, so going back to this thing here, this passive ability that, that's granted by the core called TQC uh, means that you can always melee even if you didn't choose melee as your first action. Mm. Right? So uh -huh. this lets you be a little cagey because one of the things that um, you'll sort of get immediately present, rep presented with in terms of like a puzzle to solve when you play this game for the first time is you'll there's an activation sort of ordering right you sort of have to stack the sequence of events as the turn plays out um and so you can look at what the board state is like i think the uh also if you're interested in like seeing this in like much longer form um jake was much enough to uh <laughs> to give frank and i a couple of demo games which are also available on our channel and we go into all the details and play through like I think two full games, uh, so you can see all this stuff. But one of the things that happened to me was uh, Frank had some like crazy good sniper situation, and like my guy was like kind of in the open and definitely going to get shot in the face. And I was like, I don't want that to happen. Um, so I chose I think smoke grenade, which went first, right? Um, and that allowed me to get out of uh, line of fire uh, for the. Uh, before he got his, his shoot attack off. And so you have to sort of like look at board state, 
think of what your opponent might choose on their dial before we, you all reveal your chosen dial. Um, and this can force you into um, certain timings, which may be suboptimal for you, but keep your guy alive. So there's that. Um, and so this ability, which is really strong in the sense that uh, you can you can adjust to um, uh, a situation where you may have chosen move, but the board state has changed so that there's, an, there's a guy adjacent to you now and you'd have to like either waste your movement, right? Um, or, or, you know, not be able to attack at all. Now you can actually attack immediately. Uh, and also this keeps your opponent guessing as to what you might do because uh, you have an option that lets you break the timing. The big benefit of that one is also uh, you can use a melee action swift timing, which is before melee timing. Yes, that's also. So if you're like about to do melee combat with another mech, you can go first. Right, so you get to swing first. Um, I mean, that's probably enough info to to actually do to actually look at like what a uh, what resolving an attack looks like. I think. Sure, sure. So why don't we why don't we take a look at uh well I guess we can we can we can sort of outline what's going on here really quick in terms of um what all the abilities have right so we we just talked about how um the the torso gives you this like really nice abil ability to. Uh, play with uh, play with the timing and activation economy a little differently than you might expect, and that throws a curveball into your opponent's you know mathing out their turn. Um, melee stuff, of course, wants to be very mobile because you have to be adjacent to actually melee uh, in most cases. Um, so you have uh, the fast legs and the jump pack to sort of uh, get around that, and then of course the arms you have are um, you know stabby weapons and stuff, but the the um, the right arm also has a, a gun with a little machine gun on it. Um, and so as far as, as far as the dice system goes, um, I don't want to get into too much detail now and overcomplicate, but basically all these like colored boxes here are the dice you roll. So in this case, if I was stabbing you with the, with the pulse weapon here, I would pick up five yellow dice and one red dice and roll that. Right. So that's what that means. Or yellow and red, right? Or yellow one red. Yeah. What yeah. did I say? Yeah. Five to five. Um, oh yeah, yeah, five, uh, four, four yellow and one red. You're absolutely right. Sorry. And are the dice? Um, these are the. I guess they're they're not regular D six then. Yeah. They're. Oh, they're uh, D eight. They're D eights. So this is these are the dice here. Um, they're if you've played Aristea or you've paid oh, any attention to yeah. Warcrow, it's that right. So perfect. So red is like heavy hits. They have it's yep. you know more likely of like making you sad. Um, uh. The yellow is less effective, and then there's uh, is white defense die and blue dodge die, um, and so defense die sort of represents armor, and dodge dice represents like your you know uh, dexterity as a mech. So that's sort of we'll, we'll see exactly how that works. So yeah. blue dice are better going against red dice, and white dice are better going against yellow dice. Right. Okay, so yeah, it's very similar to the sand dice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and. Basically, like the red dice is if is like if this touches you, you're gonna have a real bad day. So things like rail guns have red dice. Um, mm -hmm. Like the armor is not gonna do much against that. Uh, but if you dodge it, you're fine, right? So just like Jake was just saying, right? Red, red and blue are are opposites, and then um, white and yellow. So like yellow dice would be like an HMG. You're just shooting lots of bullets and stuff, and then having a high white dice count would allow you to sort of shrug that off because it's just like bullets and your up armor did nothing to protect yourself. 
Um, so here's here's the uh, UN mech, and maybe we can walk through that really quick, and then we can resolve some attacks and see how that works. Yeah, and you'll have to forgive the uh, the graphics on the UN cards. I had to make those from scratch. Uh, the RDL cards are the actual cards that they're going to print for the most part. I had to build these ones off of random things. So all the right arms and all the left arms have the same graphic of the uh, the arms. I mean, it all looks like random things to me. I mean, yeah, it, it still works, but... I, honestly, it's a lot of work, right? So kudos to you for yeah. taking the time. Um, so this one's uh, biggest thing is this OCSP backpack. Um, UN is a, it's a special thing for UN. At the beginning of their turn, they can spend two link, which we haven't gone into. It's a, basically a spendable resource where if you run out of your uh, mech shuts down. Um, they can spend up to two link to two link to get two extra short actions. Effectively, uh, they're called ticks. So normally you would get two ticks, where you could do either two short actions or a medium action. Which, like, if you think about the dots on the actions, there's little dots. So basically ticks. So medium action takes two ticks. A short action yeah. takes one tick. Um, so you can basically do two medium actions in a turn with this backpack. Um, but it comes at a risk because as you spend that resource, you're that much closer to being shut down. Yeah. Is um, it possible? Every time you lose a part, you lose a link. Is it possible where it makes sense to do four short actions? Oh no, that is totally possible, which okay. is okay. works perfectly for the way this mega setup. So one of the UN's also special things is their movement actions are actually short actions. Yeah, they're very speedy. They don't have maneuver two like the uh, RDL had. They used to this this uh, these like used to have maneuver two, but now they're maneuver one. But uh, so they don't have the the much maneuver, but they can do short actions to move long distances. Whereas RDLs basically give up most of their turn to do it. I see. Um, and then otherwise, I just gave it some of the basic. Uh, they've got special rules like lasers and stuff like that. But these are basically just two. Short action pistols, and then uh, basically this is the right picture for the weapon right here. So it just be little pistols with little blades on them. Yeah. Um, this one is uh, there's a mechanic in the game to drop your weapon. So right now it's got a grenade launcher and the pistol, and if you wanted to drop your pistol, you could have a grenade launcher and then the blade. Oh. That's rad. So just drop the gun, pull out the knife. Yep. Yeah, and it's also uh, that's also a technique for uh, the timing game because dropping a weapon is a swift action. Mm -hmm. So if you really need to go before someone else, you could draw, throw away your weapon basically at the very beginning of the round and go before anyone else to be able to oh. get out of danger or get an attack off on someone before they go, etc. Yeah, right, because swift or fast is the first thing that happens. So... You get you get that so that the dropping the weapon thing is not represented on the cards because it's one of those like you know in the rule book actions that nobody that yeah nobody gets. Cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. And then, then uh, this is one of the few legs that actually has a melee attack on it. It's got a kick. And then I I didn't really have a particular torso that went well with this, so I just went with a the alligator, which is one of their tougher more. I think it's their most expensive torso. Um, but basically, KC armor, you can, I think you have to charge it first. 
And then you can exchange uh, lightning results, which is a one in eight chance on your dice for a block. I'd have to go look at the rules if we're actually going to use it, but yeah. it's also got an electronic warfare uh, action on it on the bottom, yeah, you which is a plus. Yeah, you've got a lot of like, hacking stuff, which is super annoying. <laughs> that pisses me time. Lasers also suck uh, with a fight. But yeah, all right. Maybe we should uh, yeah. we should try to resolve an attack. So let's uh, go ahead and. For the purpose of just show how a shooting attack works, and then we can both choose. Uh, say since we're even though we could both probably get into melee, just say we chose firing timing. Yeah, sounds good. So technically, it's supposed to be done in secret. So there's two ways you can do it: you can flip it and then change the state of it, or you can put it into your hand like he had done, yep. and then change the state, and then just put him out when the turn starts again. Yeah, I mean, in, in TTS, you're generally too busy futzing with your little UI yourself anyways. Uh, sure, is, to look at everyone else's stuff. This is the link um, the link tracker, effectively, right? Um, and basically, it represents your, your pilot's sync with the mech, more or less. Um, and there are ways to get this back, but you basically have to have an ability that lets you get it back. I think you can do it uh, as a... You can do it as a... So um, as like a, a tactics action, right? Like you just get a link back. Um. So RDL has a torso, which has a tactics action, which gives everyone within an aura around that torso yeah. a link back. Yeah. Um, UN has the pilot that I have, Quartz, which recovers one link at the end of each round. Yeah, that's very So Quartz pairs really well with o OCSP. Right. Back, back. Okay. So All right. let's, let's, so let's say we both chose timing, or we both chose firing timing. Yep. I'm a firing four. I am a firing seven. So you go first. Yeah. So I got to go first. Um, since I chose firing timing, I need to be able to see you, which right now I currently can't see you. And my pistols are only range four. Yeah. Um, you in this game you only count orthogonally. You don't count diagonally, except in melee. Diagonally, Jason still counts for melee. Um, so basically in order to be able to shoot at you, I need to get it within four and I also need to see you. I only have a maneuver of one. So the first thing you do, if you flip your little action card over, if you want to show them that, you can show the game phases. Um, wait, never mind. Back to the other side. Time action. So first thing you do is you adjust your stance. Um, there's a stance token. which comes with a game. Um, we can go through those real quick. There's yeah. mobility stance, there is defensive stance, there's offensive stance, and there's shutdown stance. Mobility stance lets you use your dodge dice on your cards, um, and it also doubles your maneuverability. Right. So your free move at the beginning if you're in mobility stance is double. I see. So in my case, that'd make let me move two, which one, two, doesn't really get me anywhere. Um, so I need to use a move action as well. So I will go ahead and do that. Does diagonal work or is it no or back no, only orthogonal okay. for movement? I need to be within four of you. So one, two, three. Well, you, you can't do a move action because you have to do a sh you shoot action. Oh, true. Well, never mind. I screwed myself. There you go. Now we just proved how that <laughs> you can screw yourself. <laughs> yep. All right. So, so in this case. Yes, I chose shooting action, so since I can't get 
to in range of where was I here? Well, let's so let's assume that I was here, just so we can resolve it. Well, I mean, you'd be able to shoot at me. Sure. Let's just let's just. See so if you're there happens. and I move here to shoot you, so yep. one, two, three, four. And let's assume that I was uh, also in range. mobility action, mobility stance. Saying what you're in mobility stance? Okay. Yeah, that I works. started in mobility. Um. So since I still have two short actions left. We'll say I didn't use the OCSP because there wasn't a need to. Because um, I still have my two short actions. So I will shoot each of these pistols at you. Right. The way that works is I know I'm in range. So I'm outside. I choose one of these parts dice over here. Yeah, so so effectively, right, we're in range four. So it'll be one, two, three, four. We're just in range, right? Because you have to count all the orthogonal spaces. Right? And that gets me to four. Um, and then, so now, yeah, so the first thing you do is select where you get shot. And so this is this part style. Over here. Um, certain weapons let you choose. If you're in the back arc, you get to choose what part you're going to attack, but otherwise you just roll as D6. Yeah, that's, that's how you, um. Oh, the legs. The legs. You, I got shot in the legs, right? So, uh, the, the, the benefit of, you know, shooting somebody in the butt is you get to choose where you shoot them, right? Which is often pretty powerful. Okay. So I am shooting with a pistol. Yep. So if we look at the attack, it's three yellows and one red. Okay. And then my defense is going to, you're shooting me in the legs. So I start with the defense of four on these legs, I believe. Yep. And then because I'm in mobility stance, I also add all of my blue things here, right? On the entire mech. On the yep. entire mech. So you can sort of use the various parts to build a more dodgy mech and you can do I get these these defense dice too on here as well? Uh, nope. So all you get you uh, the only thing you use on all the things is a blue the blue symbols. Otherwise, you only use a four. Get these, right? Is that how that works? Uh, that symbol right there, that uh, that three, if that's what you're talking about, that's only for uh, parrying if you're in melee. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So effectively, I would get four four armor dice and then one uh, five seven dodge dice here. And then line of sight, yep. since a line can be drawn between me and you, it passes through this building, you get uh, bu you, uh, building protection or terrain protection, which adds two white dice. Okay. So my entire, my total dice pool is going to be four plus two uh, and then seven, seven blue dice. So I'm going to go assemble that really quick. Wait, what am I? Am I even using rolling the right dice? Maybe I got, I'm thinking of RDL, man. I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> there we go. Not a great roll by me. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's plenty. What do you mean, not a great roll? You got oh, five sorry, dodges. So the, yeah, I just, I just noticed the, all the dodges. Um, okay, so let's take a look at this, right? So just like Aristea dice, um effectively you're looking at uh hits so um there's special icons uh the lightning and the eye which are sometimes relevant depending on what your cards say um but basically you're looking for diamonds here for successes and on my side i'm looking for uh shields um and dodges so 
dodge is just straight up cancel dice, I believe, right? Uh, no, they, they cancel uh, any symbol. Right, they cancel. So on the red dice, there's a heavy hit. They can only be blocked by dodges. Yep. Um, certain things that use the lightnings can only be blocked by dodges. Um, and then the dodges can also block the light hits, but they don't like. So one of the benefits of the light or the yellow dice is it has a double light hit symbol. The right. dodge only blocks one of those. Yeah, so you can you can see that there. Okay, so effectively what's going on is you have two successes and then nothing else. Um, these don't matter, right, because I don't have any abilities that take advantage of that. Um, I'm not in defensive mode, so these hollow dice don't, the hollow faces don't count. Um, blank dice obviously don't count, so we'll just sort of remove stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, and so basically I have a bajillion dodge results, uh, one, two, three, four, five dodge results and a shield. So the shield straight up cancels one of these, and then one of my many dodges cancels the other. So there's no nothing that happens. And uh, so once we see what our results are, the you're allowed to re-roll mm -hmm. using your link dice or your link uh, yeah. resource. Um, in this case, I saw like the attacker has to choose first, and I saw what his result was. So there's literally no point in me re-rolling, but you could spend one of your link and then re-roll any any number of your dice you want. Yep. So you don't you can only roll the, you can re-roll the only failures if you want. But uh, so that was unsuccessful. So I'm going to shoot with the other pistol and yep. basically do this whole over again. So I'll choose to uh, figure out another part. Torso. Torso. That's not, that's not any better at all. <laughs> the weakest thing on a mech is usually the backpack. It's got the weakest armor. Oh my goodness! So that's another pretty reasonable roll by me. You're one extra white from what you were before. Why am I one extra white? I'm hitting your torso, and your torso is a five instead of a four. Oh. You'll be seven white. Okay, so nothing happens there. And but I still rolled an unreasonable number of dodges. Oh, is that what your actual roll was? Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, it's a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm not likely to beat that. I'd have to get all double yellows. Yeah. So that is a so one benefit of the short actions is they get more options and you can get more of them. But uh, unfortunately, I made like I designed both these mechs to be fairly dodgy mechs, so mm -hmm. they're gonna be pretty. You've no one to blame but yourself. Yep. Okay. Uh, melee will shine a little bit more. Okay, so now we're over here. Uh, I chose the the uh, firing action. Um, I'm going to take my movement. Uh, I'm going to move one, two, and call it good there uh, to deny cover. Um, and then I'm going to uh, select this. Um, actually, I can probably get into base, right? Yeah, so I'm going to get into base so we can see all the stuff. So I'm going to, oops. But you're in the shooting timing. You're on the same problem we ran into earlier. It's true, but I have a short skill for both, I think. Right, because I can burst fire and then slash. Oh, never mind. You have the you have that core. You could do a melee if you wanted. I could, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot and then I'm gonna slash. That's the plan. 
So I'm going to use uh, You cannot shoot in melee, so I wouldn't actually do that. I can't shoot while I'm in melee? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, then if you're melee locked, I guess you I'll cannot shoot. shoot. That's the game plan. I'll double slash. So here we go. It all worked out. Um, so that's one of the benefits of your torso. So yeah, it's the same. It's the same dice pool. It's four yellow and one red. So we'll resolve that now. Um, Pulse weapon lets you uh, exchange a lightning for a heavy hit. That's pretty good. Okay, so that's what my you dice hitting? pool. Your dice pool is going to be. You need to tell me what you're hitting first. That's true. Uh, what are you hitting? I am hitting left arm. Left arm. I mean, I guess I could have chosen to parry as well, but left arm works. Uh, which one's left arm? This one. So that's going to be... Three. Three. We'll say I didn't choose to parry, so I don't actually get the plus one. So it'll just be three and then one, five, six, seven, eight, nine blues. So many. <laughs> UN is a bit dodgier. That's a pretty good roll. I'll take that. This is like the last game I played. Okay. So um, basically we ignore everything that isn't a shield or a dodge on your side, right? Yep. And there is one thing like I could have used like KC armor. Yeah. Which would have exchanged these into... Um, let me see what that is. It's been a while since I've used KC armor. You exchange lightnings for defense, basically the shields. Right. So let's let's assume you did that just for the sake of argument. Okay. So put those back in. Now we look at this, right? So these are these lightnings are basically shields. So this double hit is canceled by these two shields. This double hit is canceled by these two shields, effectively, right? Because you have the KC armor. So yeah. Away. And then we're left with this here. It's a heavy hit, yeah. So the heavy hit is canceled by this dodge. The heavy hit is canceled by this dodge. And we're left with two light hits, right? Yeah. Um, and so there is no uh, hit point. So it doesn't matter how many get through, as long as any get through. The part is destroyed. The only exception to that is on, uh, if you're looking at mine, the legs and the torso. Right. That little black number next to the ar the armor number mm -hmm. is structure. So that's basically a second time it has to be attacked to be destroyed. Yeah. So you ever so only have like two hit points. Um, and basically what this means is, let's say let's say we, I hit the legs instead. Um, instead of rolling four dice on the next attack, you would roll one. Yeah, basically you're hitting the structure instead of armor, so it's easier to destroy, but Just still takes a second attack. Okay, so uh, now I'm going to slash again. So I'm going to go ahead with my other attack. I'm going to go ahead and roll the uh, die here. It looks like I'm going for legs this time. And so I think it was four and one red. And then you, So now your, your dodginess goes slightly down because you've lost one. So you have eight and legs are four. So four, four white, eight. 
Yep. And also, uh, you can also choose to parry. In this case, since I only have one arm left, it, as long as your arm has the little cross sword symbol, mm-hmm. like one of my arms does, um, you can parry. And so, like, basically, as soon as he says he's attacking, I'm like, oh, I'm going to parry with my arm. Yeah. And then the attack would automatically go to my arm. Right. So you can over, you can Since that's, like, my last weapon, like I'm not going to. Yeah, makes sense. I guess you could kick me. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I could kick you. Okay, here we go. Roll in. So, uh, I'm not in offensive stance, so this goes away. Uh, I hit goes away because that's nothing. Blank obviously does nothing. And then going over here to Jake's, you're not in defensive. Because I already used the uh, the charge I would have had on my KC armor. I don't have it again, so I don't get the lightnings. Yep, but you do have five dodges, and I only have three hits, so nothing happens, and your legs are fine. So nothing happens. Yep. So, but I mean, so... I, you can sort of see immediately, right? Like. Uh, it doesn't take much to start blowing things off of Max, right? Like one yeah, attack. Yeah, so if you hit at all, you you wreck the thing you hit. Yeah, exactly. Other than the the one hit point, so like it's one of those things where, like, at least on the surface, things feel really dodgy, but it's because it's a winner take all. Yes, exactly. Kind of roll. Yep. So it can't it can't be easy to hit, or you just like blow each other apart in one turn. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So there are, there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of wash rolls where, you know, we, we saw we saw it right now, right? Where uh, I, I rolled a bunch of dodges and then Jake rolled a bunch of dodges and like nothing happens. That's normal. And so you have to sort of uh, play the law of large numbers game and, and mm-hmm. kind of just like stack multiple attacks, right? So single, single pip or single tick actions are very, very powerful because you get to do multiple things. There's also some other synergies that we didn't see. Um, yeah, so here's a great example. Um, the UN hates that gun. Yeah, this is a really, really strong gun. Uh, basically what it does is it rolls a bunch of yellow, but it has a suppression keyword. And the suppression keyword is really important against UN because that forces the target out of whatever um, whatever uh, mode they're in. Stance they're in. Whatever stance they're in into defensive. Excuse me. Uh, when you're in defensive stance, you don't get your dodge dice. Yeah, those nine blue dice I had, I just wouldn't get them. Yep. So I would have gotten like just three white dice, and that's it. Right. And so the white dice are still pretty good at defending against the uh, the HMG, right? Because yellow and 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 white pair in terms of like what's good against what. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like a very common RDL. Uh, yeah, and also right. So, so if you're in if you're in defensive dice, you you get access to these double like double shields, right? Uh, which ordinarily would be blank if you're not in defensive stance. Um, but uh, in the, you you can follow this up with either a melee attack, for example, or you can follow it up with uh, something with red dice. Uh, and and shields do not stop heavy hits, which is like the little explosion symbol with this guy. So mm-hmm. rail guns, for example, I think roll three red dice or three or four red dice. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so you you yeah here you go. So one one good combo you can do is um, use the glacier core, which allows you to keep shooting. And so effectively, right, shooting the HMG would take up your whole activation 
because it's a medium action and it takes two ticks. So you ordinarily wouldn't be able to do that, but this is a good synergy because uh, after you've after you've shot something in firing timing, you get an extra firing tick, which allows you to shoot the railgun. So effectively, stage one against UN, you start off by suppressing a unit, forcing it into defensive stance, maybe doing some damage, unclear. Mm -hmm. But then you follow it up with three red dice, and you basically uh, there's I think. On the on the defense tire, I think there's like one face that's dodge, so one in a chance of avoiding, uh, and so the railgun will almost certainly punch something through because you've got three red dice there. So that's that's sort of how you 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 know set them up, and so it ends up being um, uh, quite strong. And you have armor piercing as well. What is armor piercing? It grants another red dice. Armor piercing removes one white dice. Removes one white die. That's right. So, which is also makes this a crazy combination when you pair it with the pilot RDL has called Spike, which every firing action gains armor piercing one, which will stack. Yeah. So the HMG becomes better because it gets rid of a white dice when it attacks, and then the R20 gets negative two white dice mm -hmm. when that's all they have. So you could basically have a UN mech rolling one white dice in defense of your three reds. So this mech immediately That's a pretty strong a lot of attention. Yeah. It's, it's a very obvious synergy um, that can really start removing mech parts very quickly. Gross. Yeah. That's sort of that's sort of the 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 long and the short of it. Well, it's interesting. Like the dice mechanics, I mean, absolutely remind me of Aristea. Yes. Right? Like. That's easy. So if you've played Aristea, I feel like it's kind of easy to wrap your head around that. Um, the the mech customizability is it's a little bit daunting. Like you can make a mech do anything, you know, based on the the, the equipment card or you know the uh, the arms and legs and limbs that you you slap. It's not on. too daunting. Some of the stuff like makes sense, like. This is obviously made for range. This is obviously made for melee. This is sure to so kind of drive some, you towards certain things. Right, there's some obvious synergies. Um, but then like my brain wants to like play with the what are the you know, the, the non-synergies? Right? Like does every combination work effectively or do you need to build your back in certain uh, optimized ways? I mean So like if you had like this glacier torso but you had, which one's the right arm? But you had like those arms. Yeah. That would that would not be good. Right. So you because you'd now to... be able to do a, you get an extra firing tick when you fire your thing, but you have no other firing action to use for it. Right. Exactly. So there's like plenty of of things to avoid. Yeah, I mean, there's like certain obvious things like, well, that wouldn't be good. But in general, you can pair most things with most things, especially if you're doing like a the basic torso, which has no passives. It's like super cheap. Yeah, if you're doing that. You could basically put any arms on it and it'd just be whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Like it, It's one of those things where like it's it's nice when there's no bad combination, but also when there are obviously bad combinations, it's cool because it lowers the number of combinations that you need to keep in your in your brain yes yeah and the other thing that you sort of need to realize having I mean, i've only played this like you know 2.1 times now um 
but uh, the there is some notion of wanting to build redundant mechs. I mean, I guess I guess this is sort of meta dependent and how the play like the your local meta does stuff. Because um, again, you can you can build a zombie mech right that looks like just like this, right? And that that would be it. Uh, this is certainly very cheap, um, but you you know have no resiliency because if you lose anything like this arm pops off like that's it that's game for the mech it's gone mm -hmm. um so your hit points are really like how many things you have attached to you effectively so all in all you have uh you know one two three four five six seven hit points but once you go below three parts that's it so uh you, you and there's some other things that are a little odd like if you uh Add that arm with this arm, for example. Those work really well together. Right. Because the marksman rifle has this two-handed ability. So it gets to utilize the action of this thing and get a yellow dice out of it. Mm -hmm. But if your enemy shoots off your gun, you're now stuck with an arm that doesn't do anything. Right. So you sure. can make a highly specialized mech that's really good at doing something, but if it loses the wrong part, it's no longer good at doing the thing. So yeah. redundancy can be good. Like maybe you want a weapon that has a couple different attacks or something to give you other options. Mm -hmm. It's it's a pretty expressive mech design system, which I think yeah. is what everybody wants out of a mech game, right? No, sure. More or less. Uh and there's and there's definitely uh there's definitely synergies to take advantage of, but you know. Like Jake was just saying, if if you lose if you lose the weapon and all you have is a free hand, you're gonna be real sad. Um, what I'm hoping for is that there are some like big brain mech design ideas people could do that you know are, are way more complicated than they are good. Like I, I don't know, I, I kind of like the uh, when expressive games you can get lost in your own um, <laughs> kind of. Uh, Imagination of what crazy things you can try to make a mech do. You can make a mech do. I think there's definitely some cool, cool designs you can have. Um, and there's like you, this is this is a very common, it feels like, design element, which is like you have two options on one arm, for example. Like there's a mm -hmm. there's a shoulder thing and then a hand thing. Or like another great example was the thing that Jake had here on his mech which was you know this you can drop the gun and get the knife right so there's a little bit of yeah. there um so there's there's like it it feels it feels really um really anime right it's just like oh they they, they dropped the thing but surprise there's a secret knife that they that they had there from the beginning kind of kind of situation you know? right um it's it's like I, I honestly haven't had a huge amount of time to to explore the the building space, um, mostly because I mean Jake has done a, such a wonderful job of sort of curating the experience for Frank and me, as as we've been we've been learning to play this game. Um, so thank you again, uh, it's really appreciated. Uh, but it it is very much uh, I think a, a rich design space that you can sort of build stuff that works for you, and uh, I mean I think a lot of this. Um, plays out on the table in in really interesting ways that build off your your chosen design right so for example going back to this mech right so if we if we look at this guy here um you know i 
basically want to corner something with this mech and delete it, right? But that forces me to play carefully about where this mech ends up because it's a high priority target for my opponent. Um, so that creates a sort of like push-pull dynamic where like I want to take a risk to shoot some stuff, but I also want to be able to like stack defensive in front of it so maybe I can like have another guy throw smoke in front of it or something like that. Um, and and it, it like opens up interesting avenues of play, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. And also I think that mech also has negative two dodge dice. Right. Because that HMG, so they have some mechanics like that. Yeah. So it's big, big and chunky and get shot up really good but there's there's other things you can get um like there's a big mega shield um that has like uh i think like eight white dice um and basically you can just say like well if you're shooting me this is what you're shooting because it's a big shield and i'm hiding behind it and so you can hide yeah there you go so um for example it says if you're in the defensive stance, you can just choose this part. Like your opponent, when they roll the die to see what they hit, they hit this. And you just decide for them if you're in defensive stance, um, which is kind of neat. Um, it, lets you, it lets you just like tank a bunch of hits uh, and then have something really scary in the other arm that you want to want to defend. Um, so. And one of the, speaking of the shields, one of the nice things about us being able to play test and uh, talk to the creators of the game was one of the things we noticed is UN has the giant sniper cannon. Mm -hmm. And the way the rules used to be was that would take priority over this designate option. Mm. So basically, as long as that weapon existed, this shield served no purpose, and you could just shoot off the weapon that went along with it, and that mech would now be worthless. Right. So what we've now, now what they've now switched it to is if, they have snipe and they choose something, but you have designate and you choose to designate. It just becomes a standard roll off again. They kind of negate each other. Right. Which is much better than just sniper, Trump shield. You're screwed. Yep. Yep. Okay, it goes back to random chance, which is, you know, at least fair. Now there's at least a reason to bring a shield as opposed to before once, as long as snipers on the field, like, well, there's no point having a shield. It's a liability. Right. And so I, I, the, one of the really nice things about this game is it plays super fast. Once you've sort of mastered the basic mechanics and, and can, can read the, uh, the symbols on all the cards reasonably quickly, it plays very fast. Um, the dice mechanics are really intuitive, especially if you've played a game like Arisea before. Um, and then, you know, you're just off to the, off to the races. Like, just, like it, it was pretty quick from understanding the base mechanics to making interesting tactical decisions. I think that's a sign of a, a really tightly put together rule set um, that's intuitive to follow um, and lets you make cool decisions. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really appealing. I'm glad you're getting it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would have happily gotten it just for the desk toys, but the fact that it's an actually good game is also great. <laughs> it's so many desk toys. I know. You can build however you want, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, there's like, like you said, like plenty of things are actually viable. There are things that are obviously they won't work together, but there are plenty of options that are viable. If you want to do a melee strong list, you can do that. You can build your list that way. If you want to do lots of range, there's a great combination of pilots and mechs that do that. If you want to do drone heavy, you can have some drones, which are kind of weak, but they give you some cheaper extra actions, basically. Yeah. Right, so it seems um, like three to four mechs per side. Yeah. Is that about, the right? Um, 
the okay. game I played with Huang Long, he had four mechs as RDL. A uh, 300-point game is a standard size game. I see. Um, he had four mechs, and I had three as UN, and I had three drones. And he had four mechs, no drones. How many how many mechs can you get if you go with, like, bare minimum three hit point? I think I'd seen some lists that they were posting on the Discord from the Chinese meta that maybe had, like, five or six. Okay, so it's still not that many. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still not too many, but, I mean... In comparison, like the cheapest torso you could get is only seven points. Yeah. The cheapest legs is very similar. It's only eight points. Yeah. So, so hovering over. And you just need stuff, an arm. Right. So this lava assault core is 23 points. These legs are 16. Martian rifle is 14. 15 points for a, a launcher, like this missile launcher dagger thing. And then 60 points for this jetpack. So you can go significantly cheaper, um, but you're missing out on a lot of capability. Yeah, oh, obviously. I was just trying to think of, like, what's, you know, what's the spammiest? You still yeah, yeah. have you're, six. You're, you're immediately going to game tester mode and be like, how can I break this? <laughs> yeah, no, that's just, yeah, right? You have more actions, but, yeah, like, the fewer parts you have, the less dodge dice you have if you're going the dodgy route. Because yeah. that includes all the parts. Right. Um, so it could be easy, like, if they just go against, like, four white dice, like, easily blow off your arm, and then your mech just deletes at the end of the round. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a conscious choice to sort of uh, get an early activation economy advantage, um, but your list does not degrade well at all. Because any damage sure. removes a mech, basically. I think one of the... Uh... One of the big Chinese metas is they were spamming the crap out of where is it? I mean, Giant I rail gun, the R thirty five. If I can find it, there it is. They basically just make a bunch of these mechs. Yeah. So seven, eight, so fifteen, twenty three is thirty eight points. So you can get a fair amount of uh, sure, fair amount of max of that type, and this which is great for the company because I think you only get one of those in a box. <laughs> right. <so>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to buy multiple boxes to get it. And the limit—that's a really powerful long-range gun. It's a long action, so they can't move, but it'll destroy some mechs. But it's also really easy to take out this mech. It also seems pretty easy to avoid. Yeah. If you got six of them, it becomes hard to avoid That's them true. all. Yeah, and the the other thing, of course, is that uh, the terrain is pretty important too. There's actually a fair amount of blocking terrain. We didn't really talk about that, but you know, so all the buildings easy. block. Yep. All the walls are see through, but provide terrain cover. Yep. There's another two by one small grid terrain piece that you can like step on, basically. But otherwise, it blocks movement. Yeah, it basically terminates movement, right? It's kind of like difficult terrain. You have to stop. The terrain cover is really easy to get. It's really hard to completely block line of sight. Mm -hmm. um, it's easier maybe on this map because when you have two buildings next to each other, it's easier to get that whole block yeah. complete visibility. Yeah, the shadow is pretty big. Yeah. That's, 
that's Obsidian Protocol in a nutshell. Like it plays super fast. It's really fun. There's a lot of uh, space to explore. Um, I, I, and the I, factions feel different, which is huge too. Sorry, say that again. The factions feel different. Like yeah, the RDL feel different. feels yeah, and we, plays we completely different from UN. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask, like, how do the different factions kind of present themselves? So, uh, RDL, they have like all their parts have more white dice. They can make dodgy mechs. Like the one I made for him was kind of dodgy, but uh, they tend to be more on the armor side versus the maneuver, the dodge side. Technically, I think they said that their melee is better. Uh, those pulse weapons are like huge. Be able to get that lightning turning into a heavy hit. Yep. And like these so sabers are probably the best short action melee attack because of the pulse weapon. Yep. Um, so they're theoretically pretty good at melee. Their drones are okay. They're not really diverse. They only have three options. So they're not really heavy on drones. UN is very dodgy. They're very mobile. They have lots of short actions. Um, they have a diverse amount of drones. Um, they throw a lot of yellow dice, and they have lasers. Laser causes fragile if it hits, yep. and basically fragile for every fragile token you have, you lose a white dice. Yeah. So if you you could build a list that's very laser heavy. And then as long as they concentrate on the same target, that they'll probably delete that mech pretty quick because it's yeah. going to lose all of its white dice. It, it feels really bad when it happens, which means it's a it's a strong mechanic, um, right? So like you, you just, like Frank was lasering me pretty bad the last game that I played against him, and I was like, oh, that's that's no good. Like I just, my armor is turning into paper. <laughs> so so like you know, there's there's lots of um, you know soft counters, right? So. Uh, RDL has access to the thing that puts you in defensive stance to turn off the dodginess of the UN mechs. The UN mechs have a lot of lasers to sort of turn off the the you know slightly tankier you know components of RDL. And then of course GOF we haven't really seen much more of yet. So, the... so does does tankiness in the game really just reflect as additional defense dice? Like what does the shield give you? The shield the shield is is basically um, more defense dice. And the ability to have that shot off in lieu of something else. Yeah, basically how parry works in melee, the shield can work against ranged. Yep. Plus it gives you eight white dice. Yeah. Oh, so vigilante defense. Yeah. yeah. And also it pairs well with they have a torso in RDL called the Volcano Core, which its passive lets you take one of your white dice from your defensive roll and then choose the facing it has right. every time you have to roll one. Yeah. Okay. So you can basically cool. always choose a dodge, which is usually hard to get with white. Yep. Yeah. So it, they, they have a way of being more tanky that way. Um, one of RDL's other sticks is they got a backpack called an Echoes backpack, which is a electronic warfare backpack, technically. Yes. Basically, you have a mech with that backpack, get within range of another mech, and it can give that other mech a second turn. Like the other mech loses a link value and then gets to activate again. Oh, interesting. So yeah. it takes that your the mech that's using the Echo's backpack, it basically takes their whole action because it's a medium action. They can move and then use it, and that's all they do. But it lets you get some mech with a really big like that. Uh, yeah, like this thing. The spike mech here could get two shots off of the machine gun, railgun. Yeah. Or if you've got a melee mech, 
if the opponent wasn't really expecting you to get into melee, you could basically go kind of across the board as long as you could run up and then echoes yourself into melee on yeah. the first turn. And you can also use it to get extra movement too because of the maneuver. So some sometimes when people are like kind of playing the kiting game, they're like, okay, I have another turn before this melee mech gets in my face. The echoes backpack can sort of upset that by being like, nope, I'm going to do it right now. Cool. Um, UN also has stealth, which RDL doesn't have. Yep. They've got some stealth mechs, which he's looking at a combo that works kind of crazily with stealth too, in a way. The katana, they decide to give every weeb's dream of having a katana and destroying a mech. Yeah, of course. So basically, if it can hit with this short hit action here, allowed to do this slash attack which is just massive brutal attack so if you pair this with like an OCSP backpack which gives it more ticks you can use the whip on the left which has a ranged melee attack to grab someone pull them in flip them around so you see their back then do the short hit on like say their backpack because it's easy to hit and destroy their backpack and then hit something else with the, the slash and just delete a mech They got a crazy melee combo too. Yeah, it is not a very like. There are ways to make things tanky, but it's generally not a very survivable game. I think you're just sort of trying to favors offense more than defense. I feel. Yeah, yeah. You're you're trying to manage your attrition and have enough redundancy in both positioning and material to get you what you need to do to get to where you need to go. Um. Yeah. I think I think we've only played like murder scenarios because we're still learning but there are like objectives of course yeah that's actually exactly what my next question was gonna was gonna be is like how how is mission design they're still working on like official mission missions but they basically have a mission like method you can play where it's basically just pick up the boxes and whoever has the most boxes yeah at the end robot supplies basically and then their rule book has some other methods, which I, they're supposed to be working on, like a more robust mission system, but they haven't completed that yet. Do you know if it's going to be symmetrical or asymmetrical? Um, so far, all I've seen is symmetrical, but I'm not sure how it'll work otherwise for asymmetrical. Okay. Then, so this is played on a, a 12 by 12 grid. I saw something if I remember correctly, like somebody mentioned something about deployable walls and like, I'm trying to figure out how the terrain works. Um, you've got a handful of boxes sitting out here. So you can also play it on a 16 by 16, but that's also recommended for uh, greater than 300 point games. Oh, wow. But we um, haven't really tried any of those yet. But, um, so what was your question about the boxes? Well, honestly, like how is how is terrain utilized? How much terrain? Um, so the uh, he could show you over on the right, or I guess his yeah, right from his point of view. Um, all these maps are pre-made maps that they have as suggested maps. Okay. I think they basically utilize all the terrain that comes with the uh, game. So six buildings and is that twelve ish walls. Yeah, 12 walls. Just walls. Six buildings, 12 walls seems to be the standard. And then uh, some of them have 
Which one is it? Let's recall that one. And we place that one. And then some of them have like these boxes, mm-hmm. which also come in the starter box. Yeah. So here's the here's oh, the, I see the box, for example, these green shipping container things. I see. And it's train destructible? The shipping um, the boxes are. These green you things. You can are. step on them and crush them. Yeah, so so small um small uh drones and stuff can chill in the same square without crushing it, but mechs will crush and then have to stop it. So they basically are just like a, a, a movement delayer, I guess is yeah. I see. We can't like blow up the the walls or nope. Uh terrain is not destructible other okay. than stepping on these little boxes. Can you get on top of the terrain? Uh they have not a f- like they have basically test rules for that where you could walk on top of the buildings. Okay. We haven't been playing with those rules. We've just been doing the basic rules just to test the parts and whatnot. I see. So, so basically, you treat the walls and buildings as infinitely tall yeah. barriers. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. I I think there's a lot of richness that can be explored as the game continues to develop. But right now, you know, there's still a lot of balancing to be done with the uh, sure and interactions and factions and stuff. But I mean, right now, I think the game is very playable. It's super fun. Um, yeah. Like it's just it's it's just you know armored core of the board game, which is really what I want out of it. Uh, there's lots <laughs> of other cool things we didn't talk about. So like this uh, this uh, drone that um, Jake put on the table shoots missiles, um, and okay. so missiles are a limited resource. You can sort of see it here, like on this this thing that shoots missiles. You can see these two like bullet icons. That's how much ammo you have, um, mm-hmm. and then you basically place uh, you place a missile. Um, you know, within the range, like so. What is it? I think it's like range. Should three. be range three for yeah, one of those. So it's range three, so you can be like one, two, three, and I can put the missile here, uh, in this square, and then at the end of the turn, um, this missile itself has a range of three. Right. And you can. They have to be orthogonal, so you can only really do it to there from there. One, two, three. Oh, I guess I'm discounting the thing. Okay, yeah. but anyway, um. But then, but then, if anything was in range three of this later, I could I could attack it at the end of the turn, right? Yeah, basically, all the missiles move in a delay phase that happens in the last round of the game. Yeah. So you have a chance to avoid them. There's intercept. You have a chance to shoot them down with your weapons if you want, but right. Otherwise, at the end, they'll just kind of go and attack the nearest thing. Yeah, and they're not like super strong. They're not going to nuke you off the table, but it could get lucky and and blow something important up. Um, yeah. Or so if nothing else, you might waste focus. Like if they got a bad roll, they'll waste a fo- of sorry a link to uh, re-roll yeah. the dice. Yeah, so so it's that's more, beneficial. It's, it's more chip damage than anything else, and and sort of zoning, I guess, is the right way to think about it. It's very much like zoning in a fighting game. You shoot the fireball; they they don't want to be where the fireball is, kind of situation. Sure. Um, but I I really like it because it's it's <clears throat> missile representing on the table, which is a fun, like a fun mechanic. Uh, it's it's very much like in, sort of like an infinity mine in that respect. Like it's like that's what I was gonna yeah. equate it to exactly. Yeah, it's like don't don't be here, right? Uh, or if you're gonna be here, you know you have to pass your dodge kind of situation or your arm save or whatever. I mean, I guess it's real. It's really analogous to a koala. Yeah, that's probably a better a better uh, analogy analogy for sure. Um, and then there's also like TR bots that resolve like a machine gun attack. Like, 
but I mean it's 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 a it's a fun little mechanic. Uh, drones activate at the beginning before the mechs move, uh, and you need to have enough like it's a it's like a one to one ratio of how many drones you can activate to the number of mechs. So if you have more drones than mechs, some are going to left be left unactivated. Um, you know, so there's there's that going on. I, th- I imagine GOF will have, have some way around that. Yeah, got, GOF has some fact. Uh, I think torsos and backpacks that let them activate multiple drones. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think it's a it's a pretty rich design space that they've given themselves, and we're only mm-hmm. really sort of seeing what the what the beginnings of it are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. It's an interesting system. I'm curious to see, um, see how it, uh, you know, how it launches and and where it gets picked up. Um, it's kind of interesting, you know, seeing a um, a very different. I mean, it's it's a miniature game coming out of where it's is they're in Hong Kong or they're in China. Mm, they're in China. More in Beijing. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, okay. I don't remember exactly where they are, like, but it's basically three guys. Like we we haven't seen much in the in the the miniature game space from from China, so that's cool. Yeah, like usually it's all English. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and right now the uh, Chinese language version is actually released to the people that backed it over there, so they actually have oh, their models. Really? So okay. online, there's. People that have painted up their models and put them together. That's and, really cool. Uh, so it's mostly waiting on localization for English and other languages. Yeah. And then uh, basically there was there was some issues with uh, Stripe yeah, not letting them have the funds from the credit card. So yeah. they've been having to deal with that. Plus, there's just the timing of when they were when and what they were printing at the factory because you have to do it in blocks. So. Now they've done the Chinese. They're working on the English. So those should be shipping soon. I mean, that's really cool. That's that's optimistic, right? For the Kickstarter. It is it is launched commercially. And I assume, are they selling in China too? Or, or Chinese language? I th- They did the Kickstarter backers. They might be, they might have tried to sell some to them because they did that print run of so many of the Chinese language, so they have some to sell, which helps keep them afloat, which is good. Yeah, no, that's super cool. I mean, it sucks that we aren't the English ones yet, but I'd rather them prosper and get the game out and succeed than run out of money. Exactly. It won't be long. Did you actually see the... uh, I do have a 3D model of, like, one of their actual models. Oh, really? In the... uh, Oh, very cool. Yeah, they gave me basically as a kind of one of their. It's essentially uh, the cheap legs, the cheap torso, the cheapest gun arm, one of the cheaper melee arms. But I think you can make several of this build from the basic box of RDL. Nice. I wonder how poseable. Do we know how poseable all the arms and bits are? I mean, uh, I they're, the they're pretty poseable. They, they basically. I think they come with magnets. Okay. So you can pre-magnetize them in. And then there's, I think the way they have it set up, they've got little notches set up in the, uh, on the arms where they connect. So you can kind of like make sure, so the arm doesn't weigh down all the way down to straight down. Mm-hmm. It'll like lock into certain positions. 
but I mean, in terms of like gluing, like the articulation is like similar, like Gundam building articulation. Like if you look at the joints on this arm, you can bend them at every part. The wrist twists in whatever direction you want. The elbow will bend however you want it to be. And I think even the wrist will bend. So it is highly posable. And like some of the, if you can find some of the Chinese ones, they've got some of the the swift legs and like full up, like sort of like if you look at the the bike racers, how they go into like the full tilt as they do a quick turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the motorcycles. The, touching the, the, the pavement. Yeah, and they have some of these swift legs doing like these massive leaned into turns. It's like, so yeah, they're super posable. That's super so in cool. terms of modeling, I'm sure like no one would be unhappy with these kids. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to um, have some uh, you know extra sales for people from the, you know, the more of the gunpla side of of collecting cool mecha models. I hope so. I'm sure. I think even like on the Discord, there are some people who are basically just getting these mechs to use in other games, not even this game per se. So. Well, very cool. So, um, and then so they're they're it's on Kickstarter. It already succeeded on Kickstarter. They're now waiting to fulfill the rest of their pledges. Um, they have any ETA on when it might be uh, more widely available? I'm sure once they get the so they worked on setting up their own site. Now they weren't going to initially, but to deal with this Stripe problem they were having. Uh, they work and set up their own site. So I think once they get the English delivered, maybe they'll start looking into selling stuff online on their site. Yeah, that makes sense. Super cool. I I can't wait for John to get his. <laughs> and, and John to build all of his. Yep. yep. It's going to be super fun, John. <laughs> yes. For sure. I'm actually going to. Yeah, there are some videos worried. that the Huang Long did of like, where he's been putting them together because he went to go visit them because he lives in Australia. To uh, he went and visited their studio and was able to get a copy of the Chinese language version. So he's been putting some of the models together. He's done a couple of videos on that. Yeah, and they look fantastic. Oh god, yeah. I mean that that's really what sells this game, right? The level of the quality on the minis and the design aesthetic is really really nice. Uh, and then, of course, the, oh, the design is, good is is also uh, a big selling point as well. I think I saw some designs for what I thought was a very cool looking faction, and then it turns out it's an NPC faction. Oh, they're a new one? Yeah. The more alien looking ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are supposed to be uh, things that go along with the relics. Yeah, it's kind of okay. like the tag raid equivalent, right? Where. Uh, yeah, essentially. The big bad they're working on a PVE. Um, mode. And I don't know if they're going to try to make those playable or not as an actual faction. It but it's supposed to come cool. out in the next uh, season, essentially, of releases, which might actually be like semi-underwater from the looks of it. PvE co-op is what uh, Frank says. Yeah. Pretty-ish. Pretty cool. Yeah. And I think they're working on adding maybe infantry in the future, too. Ooh, and some tanks. Mm -hmm. I don't know about tanks, but infantry drums, tanks right? would. 
I think drones. Especially because they're flying on the moon. I'm not sure how well a tank would necessarily. I guess it would work fine. Yeah, I mean, we, we had moon rovers before we had moon walkers. It's true. No, you're not looking at the dark <laughs> side of the moon. That's the problem. That's the problem. There's, That's been, there's the been moonwalkers there the whole time. You just don't know. Oh, man. But, yeah. So, I guess, you know, you you, you were mentioning earlier that you're on the, the the testing crew, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, there's only really a, a few of us. I think I kind of, it was mainly just the Huang Wang, working with them for a little bit of translation help, and then after they released enough stuff for me to actually be able to build this mod, I started building it, and then they kind of started talking to us. We kind of like forced ourselves into the testing. I mean, that's that's generally how it goes. <laughs> and they kind of appreciate they appreciate our our feedback because they don't really have any English speakers that play it other than us, really. Right. So they've they were they released the UN parts to us before they released it to everyone else, so we were able to play test it. We kind of were able to change some stuff before the actual release of the public because some stuff was pretty broken. Well, that's what uh, that's what the thankless job of playtesting is for. Yeah. yeah, find the things that are broken and then and and you know you're having fun with them and then get them nerfed into the ground. <laughs> yeah, and like they don't like everything that we say. Like, oh, we don't really like this. They don't change everything because they've got the, they've got the bigger picture. So I'm not yeah, really offended yeah. that they don't like take all of our inputs, but. They do take a fair amount of them, and they value our inputs and make some changes. Are they exactly changes we say? No, but like the recent bout of changes they did were pretty good. Uh, there was a feature in the game that they changed before this change called Highlight, and they changed it so that if someone had a Highlight token on them, you had to shoot at them. No ifs, and or buts. If you couldn't see them, you still had to shoot at them. Oh. And so there was an RDL beacon, which is like the size of this missile. It was only a, one of the small grids. You could just place it behind a building. Like where I have this uh, missile right mm -hmm. here. And then no one could see it. But if you're in range of it, you have to shoot it. Yeah, that feels bad. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad play like because no one can see it, but like if you're right in the middle, you can't shoot anything but this beacon, but you can't shoot it, so you're basically Wasting your action was wasted. Yeah. So what they've changed it to off based off our feedback is like you still have to shoot it if it's in range, but you have to be able to see it. Yeah. So. Uh, and like, the Huang Long used it like fairly effective. There's a backpack on RDL that lets you get a highlight token. And I basically took out the legs on this guy so he couldn't do anything. But as a last fuck you to me, he put the highlight token on the guy, so I still had to shoot him. Mm -hmm. Even though he was like legless and just laying there on the ground, I still had to waste my shots on him and I could shoot the other mechs. So it provides a nice feature. And then they have a... There's a backpack on UN that lets you hack the enemy and put this uh, fire control interference token. Oh, God. Which basically means they can't shoot. <laughs> yeah. And it's range 12, and you don't need line of sight to do it. Yep. Um, so what they did to fix that was it was a short action. They at least made it a medium action now. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit, it's not as super easy to get off as it was before. Yeah, it's not quite as oppressive. Yeah. Because Frank had that. You can still technically lock down a mech for the entire game with it. Yep. 
but you're also using one mech's entire action throughout the entire game to do it. Yeah. So the trade-off, it, it's better than it was. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, having having been part of testing for several games now, uh, it's interesting to sort of provide feedback and then have the feedback be taken, but not either in its entirety or in a way that you might not have anticipated. Uh, and then you sort of see the some synergy or anti-synergy that you weren't paying attention to. Uh, but it becomes apparent once you see the, the quote-unquote official change later. It's been an interesting process to sort of be able to go through that a few times. Yeah, and like you said, like when they nurse something, you're like, well, why did they do that? But then it's like, you realize, oh, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah. Like UN used to have a uh, Maneuver 2 set of legs. It was a, the, the combat chassis, the one with the melee action that I had. They used to be maneuver two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, even though they were really expensive, it was still really worth it. And you took them all the time. And so they got rid of that. And it's caused some other problems. Like they really need to do some point adjustments on some things now because they've got these range three weapons that just aren't as good anymore because you don't have these fast legs anymore. So they should probably lower those points. And I think they intend to in the future. They just haven't gotten to it yet. But So it felt kind of crappy at first that you and no longer had the maneuver two legs. But since they have that short action and just, I don't know, they've still got that maneuverability since they got the short action move and all the short action attacks. It's just not as good as it was before. So it sucks to be nerfed, but they're still decent and effective. So they have that bigger picture that we didn't have. Cool, very cool, and extremely exciting. I want it now. So do I. <laughs> patience, patience. Well, cool. No, uh, like I said, I'm excited. The, the gameplay seems pretty straightforward. Of the Aristera style of comparing symbols, I feel like this is a mechanic I see popping up more and more. Um, you know, less of the uh, three to hit, four to wound, five to save nonsense. Um, right. So it's kind of interesting to see that as a uh, repeating trend in uh, newer miniature games. Um, but yeah, overall, super cool. Uh, thank you very much, Jake, for showing it to us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. More people that uh, find out the game, the more successful to be, the more they'll make. Cool. Perfect uh, anything me. else you wanted to go over before we take off? No, I think we've covered most of the basics for the game. Uh, it scratched a lot of itches for us, and so somehow we keep playing it. The only thing that delays us is waiting for like point updates or rule updates because it feels kind of bad playtesting a thing that's like, well, we know this is broken, so don't want to keep playtesting it because I don't want to keep avoiding this thing that you should obviously take because it's broken and then playtest other stuff for no point. So, but other than that, we've loved the games we've been playing, it, so really looking forward to come out. Yeah, I had a blast time right on well thank you so much well you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games all right don't take it away all right so if you want to get in touch with us you can do so on our discord which you can find the invite link to at late night or you can just send us old-fashioned email that's the thing i just said uh mailbag at late night um <laughs> uh, if you like what we 
we do, you can support us by becoming a late night wargamer on Patreon or su uh, subscribing on Twitch. Either one helps uh, helps us, uh, you know, cover hosting costs and all those kinds of other things. Um, if you want to play Infinity, you can do it. You can uh, find ways to do that and and musings on Infinity things at bromedacademy.com. Heavy gear, if you want to do that thing, you can do it at lumberingsprocket.com. You know, there's the whole pun there as well. Or uh, yeah. and then. Uh, we're here every first and third Tuesday of the month, usually, except for this month because of Thanksgiving. Um, it's 8.30 p.m. Pacific. It's a weird time for everybody, including us. Um, so we, we take the show, take the audio out, upload it to all the podcast apps. You might use audio only so you, if you're listening to us in the car or whatever. And if you want to watch us uh, with the whole video for all the graphics and whatnot, you can do so on YouTube the following day. Um, thank you to everybody who's already supporting us. We really appreciate the support. Um, and uh, thank you, of course, to our sponsors, DreamPod9, Shiv Games, Corvus Belly, Bird and Brew, and Brutal Cities. All right, yeah, sorry for the uh, the odd week. Um, we'll be back on a regular schedule next month. Holidays always throw things off. Um, Jake, anything else you'd like to plug before we take off? No, I think we've plugged plenty. Excellent. Well, uh, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, all of this will help us bring you the best content that we can. All right. Stay safe out there. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Good night. Uh, 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 Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.